Get ready to peel back the layers of fruity goodness with It's Bananas, the podcast where we build an appetite for juicy living. And pleasure, fun, joy, and connection await with each succulent bite. It's deep, it's delicious, and it's bananas. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snack Time here on It's Bananas. This is Becky, also known as the Fruit Maven. Today, we're going to look at what's on my mind and what's on my table. I am very excited about what's on my table today for a number of reasons, but the main one is how I magically, quite magically, acquired this fruit. And it also inspired what's on my mind today, which is the idea of everyday pleasures. When I think of pleasure, okay, not bedroom pleasure, but like other types of pleasure. I generally think of things that I truly deeply love, right? Where I just get completely lost in enjoying something, a really great story I'm watching or reading, a super fun adventure somewhere, a big vacation, a gorgeous view, maybe interesting or interactive piece of art, a really delicious meal, or even just finding something I absolutely love. I was in Borough Market in London a few years ago and I found these apples. Okay, well, first of all, if you don't know where Borough Market is or what it is, overall, it is just a foodie paradise. I am telling telling you right now. It has, in addition to apples, it has my very favorite coffee that I have ever tried. I get coffee everywhere I go, typically, and I look for like you know, unique coffee roasters and stuff. I drink it black. I don't put anything in it. I'm very snobby about my bougie black coffee. So Borough Market has a place called Monmouth Coffee. I'm totally off track here, by the way, but whatever. I, Monmouth Coffee, they have this particular roast from Indonesia called Raja Batak, and it's made with this honey process. Oh my God. It is so It is so, so, so good. I once, okay, I used to have to work in India and then I would would have to go through London. I was once on my way back from India and it is a long trip. It's like 30 hours to get from Chennai in India through London and back to San Diego. I had a six hour layover or something like that. It was hefty layover in London and I was with the coworker and she and I actually left the airport, got on the tube, Wrote it for, it's like 45 minutes or an hour to get to Borough Market to eat lunch, drink a cup of this coffee, buy some beans to bring home, and then 45 minutes or an hour back to the airport. Totally worth it for the record. If I was insanely rich, I would, I mean, I don't know, I would absolutely go there for the weekend. That, that's ridiculous. I would go for way more than the weekend if I was filthy rich. I'd just maybe live there. I would pay serious money to have Raja Batak coffee right now. I've looked many times in the U.S. and never found it. None of this was the point, <laughs> except that I truly, truly love it. Anyway, on a different trip to Borough Market, there was a particular produce stand that had a bunch of heirloom apples that I've never had before. I've probably tried 60 or 70 different varieties of apples at this point. So finding four that I'd never even heard of felt like amazing to me. I bought them and they were just like a couple dollars or pounds, but a couple dollars. I tried the first one right at the stand. And this is not common for me. I do not like cry over like amazing things, but like tears just started streaming down my face. I was so very, very happy. Like, 
even remember what it tasted like, to be honest. I just remember like, like ecstasy, like feeling ecstatic about these apples. Like it was just a moment. I'm not sure what all was going on. Who knows? But I remember it very distinctly. You know, when people ask like, how do you want to die? I don't know. Do people ask you that? People ask me, I guess. Ideally, a lot of people will say like peacefully in their sleep, right? Not me. I want to die in Borough Market of absolute gluttony, like making completely inappropriate sounds while tears stream down my face, surrounded by my friends eating apples, cheese sandwiches, ramen, like whatever, drinking the best coffee of my life. That's what I want. That's all I ask. I want to eat my way into the afterlife. I feel like this is a small request. It must be possible. I was actually talking to... um, Leah, one of the hosts of both Afternoon of Delight and Afternoon of Army the other day about this TikTok trend where apparently men think about the Roman Empire all the time and women don't. So first of all, she busted that gendered nonsense. Funny, but gendered because apparently she thinks about the Roman Empire all the time, as do a couple of my other female friends. But I feel fall very much in line with the gendered nonsense because I feel like I never think about the Roman Empire. I literally visited Rome last summer with my daughter and barely thought about it. She was like, so Leah asked me, she's like, that's not possible. What are you like standing in the Colosseum and thinking, mmm, gelato? I was like, um, yes, like exactly yes. That is <laughs> what happened. I mean, it's not 100% true. I was interested in the tour and I enjoyed being reminded of the history and the Colosseum is gore, you know, it's beautiful. And like the gladiators are super interesting, but also, yes, it was hot. It was August. It was 1 billion degrees and I really wanted gelato. I do think about food quite, quite a lot, to be clear. Back to the main point, pleasure. I don't know about you, but I prefer to have pleasure as much as possible. I don't mean to sound like a hedonist. Exactly. But the more pleasure, the better. Like I'm starting to think the older I get that the the pursuit of pleasure, like actually feeling pleasure is kind of the whole point. Hedonism, on the other hand, usually means we're pursuing it at, at like at all cost, abandoning responsibility, trampling on other people to get it. And I'm not here for any of that. In fact, I'd rather figure out both how to incorporate my responsibilities and include other people like as much as possible. Of course, in my ideal fantasy life, I'd prefer to figure out how to have things I truly love with my whole heart just at my fingertips at all time, while also having people around me, like the exact right amount, but not too much. I mean, people can get a little peoply, if you know what I mean. But also, (laughs) I live in the real world, so my actual fantasies are a touch more practical. Like, I feel like it would be amazing if I didn't have to put pleasure on hold at all in order to do like regular life chores. Like, could I just randomly find myself tearing up in joy because I get to do the dishes again? Or, hey, I get to plan lunch for the 12,000th time. Like, is that a possible thing? I don't want to tread too close to toxic positivity here, but what if, like, what if I could just love even the annoying parts of life? I can't just sit and watch Asian dramas and consume BTS content all the time. I mean, at least not yet anyway. But, I mean, what if all of it could be more incorporated into my idea of pleasure? There's this clip of the character um, Data from Star Trek. 
So if you don't know who Data is, he's an artificial intelligence android that doesn't have human emotions, basically. And at one point in the story, he gets an emotion chip and they're like testing out how that might work. And he tastes alcohol for the first time. And he ends up like first he can't really name the experience. And then he's like, I hate this. I hate this. But he enjoys the feeling of having it, of hating it so much that he wants more of that feeling because it's like a human experience that he's never had. So like, I don't want to be an Android, obviously. I mean, I guess that's, I'm assuming that's obvious, but if I could learn to enjoy the privilege of negative feelings, so I'm not, you know, I'm not like denying they exist, but I'm valuing their role. That seems like as close to where actually like utopia could really be in reality. Can we get there? I mean, no, <laughs> probably not. But could I, could I inch closer? Maybe. So I'm going to give two examples that I thought of. One's pretty easy and leads to how I got this fruit on my table. You might even give me a little bit of side eye because it's such low hanging fruit. <laughs> See what I did there. The other is quite a bit more intense and trickier. And I'm going to use fruit as a metaphor for that one. So hold tight on that one. The first one, the easy one. I was getting a manicure this last week. I don't particularly like getting manicures. It agitates me, it overwhelms me. Like physically, the sensation is not my favorite. But because I have some very obsessive compulsive behaviors, extreme form of anxiety, which I've mentioned on here before, I've had, um, I dramatically pick at my skin. So I've done this since I was really, really young. And I've worked with mental health professionals around it. But I also learned a few decades ago that if I get acrylic nails, even super short ones, which is what I do, the thickness of the nail actually helps with about 80% of the problem. I still have the other 20% of the problem, which very much still exists, but the nails help a lot. So I just don't happen to love it. Look, that is a very privileged and lucky problem to have to figure out how to make pleasurable. I get it. A mani-pedi is like the epitome of self-care. I also get a pedicure, by the way, for two reasons. One, I need the color of my fingers to match the color of my toes. It's pretty, but also I just need it to look like that. And two, it helps me not pick at my toes because they're prettier and like, I don't, it's better. So just because so many other people love getting them and it's self-care, you know, to max degree, it doesn't mean that I love it. So for me, getting fake nails didn't start out great. I don't like long nails. It doesn't happen to be my style. It's expensive. It's time consuming. And as I mentioned, I personally find it physically kind of uncomfortable to have it done. So I had to figure out how to make it fun and relaxing for me, how to not resent the time and money that I have to spend on it. I have to remind myself pretty regularly that I am in fact allowed to enjoy this thing I have to do. As far as medical care goes, this is a pretty amazing outcome and option. And I'm aware that, that I am really lucky to have this as an option and also to be able to afford it. And while it's physically agitating for me and sometimes even painful for various reasons, I have raw cuticles or like I have really high sensory reactions sometimes, there are also good parts. And so one thing I do, sometimes I will like literally just close my eyes and start to run through something like the like I like it list that I do in the mornings. Like I will close my eyes and I'm like, 
I like Lynn. She's the one who does my fingernails. She's absolutely lovely. I like Lynn. I like this big chair I get to sit in. I like this quiet time. I like the art on the walls. I like these people who know me and smile when I get here. I like that sometimes they'll ask about my kid because they've met her over the years. Like I like that my fingers will actually look pretty when this is all done. So that's me taking something I have to do in order to truly care for myself that I experience as chore and I look for ways to actually find the pleasure in it easy enough now I've gone to this place for roughly 10 years it's since I moved to this particular neighborhood and let me just say at no point during these 10 years has there been an arrival of fruit while I have been at this nail salon but this week banana related things keep happening to me for example my man V from BTS I've mentioned before he's my favorite put out a new album and the main music video had a bunch of fruit floating um, and rolling around on the ocean floor like for example there was a watermelon rolling around in the sand on the bottom of the ocean watermelons should float by the way despite them being so big so that was very weird and then he's like eating a banana in the water while waves are crashing around him obviously this is all a sign that he personally listens to its bananas and while he can't like you know, reach out and tell me that for clear reasons, like other people would be jealous and stuff. He sent me a pretty strong direct message, I would say. So <laughs> I'm a dork. I know. So random thing, random banana things keep happening to me. And I'm sitting at the nail salon and a woman who does not work there comes in from the back. Like I've never seen her before and she's not dressed the same as everyone else. So she comes in from the back and she's carrying a blue crate that is full of short, stubby, angular bananas clearly the, all the women know her they're like oh like kind of like she's here and they're kind of talking to each other my eyes light up and the woman doing my nails lynn she sees me she's like oh do you want some of these those are vietnamese bananas they're so good they're different than the bananas that we have here she grows them in her backyard you can have a whole bunch of them for two dollars they're green right now you have to wait until they're yellow but they'll be amazing like you'll absolutely love them so of course i say yes I am not going to decline homegrown Vietnamese, Vietnamese bananas arriving in my lap. Like, literally never. I am n never, ever going to decline that. So I'm taking a picture for Instagram with, like, one hand while my other hand is being worked on and my toes are being worked on from someone else. It was, like, a little bit overwhelming and also really funny. The same woman brings in another bag of fruit. And I can see it. She's, like, 10 or 15 feet away but I can't really tell what it is and it looks like a little bag of pink balls but I think that it's fruit from just like looking at it from far away and one of the other women who works there who I've known a long time she takes a few and starts to watch wash them and she's she sees me and she brings over two of them to me and I can start to see what they are now it's important to this story that you know that I'm familiar with this fruit already like by the time I see them I'm like oh I've had these but she doesn't know that so she hands me two freshly washed rambutans she just sees me with big delighted eyes 
super happy to have a large bunch of bananas in my lap. And when she saw my delight, that inspired her to like share this new fruit with me. So she's over here. And this is where I'm going to bring it a little bit full circle because when I said earlier, pursuing pleasure doesn't have to be at the cost of other people, right? We want to include others like as much as we can, my opinion. So she starts explaining to me what these rambutans are, how to cut them, how to eat them, how to spit out the seed, what to do with it. She's telling me that some years they're sour and some years they're sweet and we're so lucky because this year is a sweet year. And I could have interrupted her even kindly, right? And like, let her know, oh, hey, I've had these before. I'm familiar with them. Thank you so much. But like, I didn't because I was just soaking up her delight. And I remember just sitting there and thinking, this is it. This is what life is about. It's about noticing the pleasure of a moment that's really quite regular. A woman is delivering homegrown fruit to her friends at their work while I'm doing something I've done every two weeks that's for me a chore that I've done for years and years and years. But then this moment happens that just felt so magical to me. And these women watching me as my pleasure grew, then mine grows from their excitement from telling me about it. And it was just this big kind of mundane delight bubble happening within a pretty tedious everyday task. So this whole story is to say that on my table today are the adorable, delightful, little pink rambutans. So let's talk about them. These little poof balls kind of look like punk rock hair. They can be found worldwide at this point, but predominantly they are from Asia, often found in Indonesia, Thailand, and Malaysia. The word rambut in Malay actually means hair, so that's where that comes from. There's over 200 varieties of rambutans, but I've never actually seen one named. It's always just rambutan, nothing like before it. It's not like gala apple, like it's just rambutan. So I don't know if there's different types. Um, they're bright magenta pink, maybe just smaller than like a golf ball. And they're covered in these soft, wiry, I mean, they're not soft like fur, but like they're bendable, really malleable, wiry spines or coarse hairs that are brownish green. Um, when you cut them open, inside is a small ball of slightly translucent, like whitish colored fruit, similar in look and texture to like a gelatinous peeled grape, but there's a big white woody seed in the center. Visually, this fruit is all personality. I'm giving it a five out of five. It reminds me of like a little monster doll head or something. Like, I love it. It's weird in a very cool way. I want to put like little googly eyes on it or something. I didn't have any siblings when I grew up, but I feel like if I did, I would have absolutely thrown these like over their shoulder, like into their lap when they weren't expecting it just to scare them. Cause like, I don't know, they're like very fun looking and be very unexpected and scary. So let's talk about these spines or the soft little spikes, because practically speaking for eating purposes, these are both in the way and a bit superfluous. But this is such a good example of when pleasure can expand like beyond the obvious. While these technically make this fruit more difficult to experience and to eat, I just find them to be so visually delightful that I don't I don't even see them as a problem. They're just all part of the experience of this fruit. And I don't want to overly drive home a metaphor, <laughs> except that's literally what I do all the time. So like, of course, I want to overly drive home a metaphor. 
But just like some of our most quirky or even annoying characteristics are also just a part of our overall delight. I mean, if you want a similar fruit without these hairs, you could eat a lychee or a longan. They're all part of the soapberry family and you'd get pretty close to this, but you'd miss out on the unique flavor of the rambutan. And visually, you would definitely be missing out on this delightful silliness. Which brings me nicely to the next story that I want to talk about today, which is about a significantly more difficult period of my life where my thoughts really shifted around the role of problems in my life. And before I start this story, I want to reassure you that it has a happy ending. So if I wander a bit or it takes too long and you feel anxious, don't worry too much. It does end well. So back when my daughter was in first grade, I have only one daughter, or I mean, I just have one child overall, actually, and her dad and I were already divorced at this time. I'd been out of town for work. I was coming back from London. (laughs) I guess I've been talking about London a lot today. I think I miss it. I used to go for work a lot, and now I don't. I haven't for some number of years. Anyway, while I was gone, I knew that my daughter had been a bit sick while I was away, and her dad had taken her to the doctor for it, but it seemed broadly okay. You know, but sometimes when you go, they tell you to look for certain dramatic things, and if you don't see those things, then otherwise she's fine. So when I returned, her dad had started to see some of the concerning signs. And just a couple hours after I landed off the plane, I'd actually been up for something like 22 hours because there's like a time change, and then I stayed awake on the whole flight to avoid jet lag. I got home, tried to go to bed. I think I was asleep for like 30 minutes, and then he he woke me up. And um, we ended up having to take her to ER for pretty intense head and neck pain. They did a few tests over a few hours and right away they told us that they had found a brain tumor in my six-year-old. And because of the pressure on her brain, we were told they didn't know if she'd make it through the night and if she did, then she might have brain damage. And if we got through both of those hurdles, then she might have brain cancer. And if not that, then at a bare minimum, she was likely headed toward brain surgery within the next few days. And I just remember thinking in my uh, very overwhelmed and very sleepy state, in what world is brain cancer the middle outcome? I think I even said that out loud to the doctor, uh, you know, who was very patient and kind. And, and that week, that week was an absolute whirlwind, as you can imagine. And friends and family just swooped in and held us through that whole week because, you know, big crisis points tend to be when we shine for each other, right? I was, chronic things tend to be a little bit harder for us to show up for each other over a long period of time. But when there's high points, when big crisis, it just... I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's easy, but it it just makes sense to us to do that, right? I was even having a bunch of issues with allergies, food allergies, and I was eating a really restricted diet and people were bringing me these very particular foods that I needed. And it was just the community love part was really beautiful during that week. And, and like in the end, I won't belabor that whole week. There's no reason to, but in the end, we got very, very lucky and the tumor was surgically removed a few days later, and it was benign. And while we've had a long journey since then with various tests and things, it's never come back. And she's a thriving teenager who, with very, very few physical ramifications. 
I mentioned this whole story because once the surgery was over and we knew it was benign and I was back home, I remember absolutely loving all of the mundane problems I had. I drove and got my very specific and annoying groceries and I was so happy to do it. Someone had come and cleaned my house and I, while I was at the hospital and I couldn't find some of the things I needed and I just thought that was the most delightful problem of all time. I, my sink was leaking. I was thrilled to call someone to come and get it fixed. I was lucky that I had a great job and a very supportive employer. So they let me come back to work part-time while my kid was healing, but there were still annoying aspects of the job. And with every one, I was just thrilled to be faced with it. I just wanted all of the everyday problems of my very normal, boring life. I was so happy to have them back after not knowing what all was going to be taken from me. And look, we can't live like that on an ongoing basis. It doesn't make sense. But ever since then, whenever particular things pop up that annoy me, I do have a bit of a habit just reminding myself that I actively choose this life with this particular set of problems. And actually, this is even a good reminder for me right now because last night I noticed that my bathtub is leaking water out from under it. And that's going to be a huge mess of a problem. I'm guessing they're going to have to tear the whole thing apart. And I was frustrated about that. And tomorrow I have to move a dentist appointment that we've had for weeks because it conflicts with a cheerleading schedule that I didn't know about. And I'm behind on work because I was traveling again for a conference last week. And just all kinds of little tedious things are happening at the moment. But the truth of the matter is that I love living here in this place. I love that I get to live this busy and overwhelming pace of a life with my kid. All the current things that are happening for me are very solvable with a bit of effort. And I'm really lucky to currently have both the capacity and the resources to deal with them. I am not saying we have to love every problem that we have. I certainly do not. But it's good sometimes to remember that actually... I'm even allowed to enjoy these very inconvenient things if I want to. And I happen to want to right now. So just like this rambutan, yes, I'm gonna bring it back to the fruit. We take the quirky and the weird and the inconvenient all as part of the package in order to experience the good. So let's get back to trying it and see if the smell in this case is part of the inconvenient part we have to get through or the good part. Okay, so first of all, to cut into this, you have to use a paring knife and gently score the kind of leathery pink skin. You have to get past the wires and score the skin without cutting into the fruit. Then you can get to the ball of fleshy fruit inside, which you can just kind of squeeze and pop out. The skin, the skin kind of smells like wet wood. It's not great. I mean, it's not bad, but I don't love it. I would say this definitely falls into the category of things you just... What, what are the delights you get to endure in, a, in order to get to the actual delight? The flesh, though, smells a little bit like that, but also smells a touch like herbal tropical smell. It's kind of nice, plus with a bit of a woody, a wet wood on top. <laughs> wet wood on top. So I'm going to give Aroma eh, 3 out of 5. I like it. Not bad. Let's move on to texture and taste. It's a little bit awkward to eat it. You kind of have to bite around this seed and then a little bit of the seed 
edge or like the seed skin kind of sticks to the regular skin you can eat it it's not poisonous but like I don't really want little strips of seed in with this gelatinous texture it's kind of chewy very tangy it's very tangy in a great way and a bit sweet it's much softer than a grape almost it's almost slimy it's not quite slimy that is not the right word kind of like a mildly tangy tropical gummy worm I like it uh, it's it's very unusual a little bit floral slightly tropical floral I'm gonna give it so texture I'm gonna give it mmm three because it's a little too it's a little too like wibbly wobbly wobbly slippery for me and then it's got a little bit of a seed it can't really get a higher score than that because it's a bit I don't know it's a bit fussy but taste I'm actually gonna give it a 3.5 it's good it's just not great and it's just a little bit fussy to eat I'm noticing you know I'm noticing how often texture and taste are kind of linked for me obviously I, I have to rate them together but they also really relate I'm really driven by or really affected by the texture that's interesting I'm not sure I realized that in the past okay let's lick lick it I've licked things are you trying that by the way if you have tried licking some fruit please report back I'm just curious if anyone else has tried it because this is not something I ever did before this podcast and I am really enjoying it so if you've tried licking stuff please report back I would love to hear from you I'm gonna lick it I've licked things that are kind of like the inside of this which is sort of like the grape like the Kyoho grape that I licked a few weeks ago when I, I took the slip peel off so I think this is pretty similar to that so I'm not gonna lick that I'm actually gonna lick the hair on the outside of this fruit today oh okay it barely touched my tongue and I kind of recoiled I don't hmm, I don't really want to lick it it feels scary it feels scary oh how interesting okay I'm gonna try again mmm wow I literally never lick things that feel like this or put anything in my mouth that feels like this it feels very very wiry while touching it with my hands is not a big deal at all they're pretty soft they're the spiny things are very giving they're gentle like it's kind of nice on the contrary my tongue finds the sensation extremely overwhelming my shoulders and my head keep like shuddering like it does not hurt in any way but gosh it just feels like a no in my body you know what I'm just gonna respect the no that I am feeling and I'm not gonna like it again it it how odd I am intrigued I'm gonna give this a two a two out of five it didn't hurt you know what I'm gonna give it a one out of five on some level I find it a bit repulsive to lick it like my whole body is reacting to not wanting to lick this fruit because it doesn't feel right to me I don't I don't know what that's about I'm gonna give it a one out of five I I can assure you right now I will not be making out with the outside of this fruit that is not about to happen I do not ever want to lick that again never <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 just as surprised as I am when I love licking things. I, I, touching it felt so great. I am I am overall quite shocked. So overall, I'm gonna give this fruit kind of a mediocre score. It's gonna get like a three three point five. It's really cool looking. I'm absolutely delighted. I love quirky things. Texture was good. 
but not great. Taste was better, not great. Bit fussy. Licking it. Oh, it also smelled a little bit like wet wood. And licking it was a hard no, hard pass. Absolutely not. I'm just holding it in my hand, like just staring at it. Like, what are you? You are completely bizarre little, little rambutan fruit. I'm, I'm gonna go back to wanting the googly eyes on it. That felt like the most fun, fun part. All right, y'all. That's a wrap on this week's episode. I hope magic just drops into your lap this week. I hope random banana stuff keeps and other fruits just keep dropping into my lap. I hope fun packages of delight like the rambutan arrive at your door. Let's try to look past the prickly bits and maybe even learn to enjoy them. Until next time, I apple you. If you find It's Bananas appealing, it would mean a lot to me if you'd plant a seed of support by giving it a five-star rating and hitting that follow or subscribe button on the It's Bananas show page. Be a peach, share a favorite episode with a friend, and reach out to me on Instagram, at fruitmaven, all one word. Thank you.